0: Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lolly. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We are delighted to have you here. I am Krista Lolly and I am joined by my dear husband Mark Lolly. Mark say huh.
1: Huh. <laughs>
0: Well, you can say more than that.
1: I can say more than that, and I will say more than that, but it is good to be with you tonight.
0: Today we're going to discuss a completely different kind of topic, but it is something that Mark and I have been talking about off and on, really, for, I guess, years, because this is a problem, and we don't think it's just a local problem or just a state problem. We think this is an international, foreign, hits every nation kind of problem, and that is the problem of scams, all kinds of scams that are going on primarily to get into your identity and to get your funds out of your bank or money from you or in some sort of a way there's some kind of a hook and a crook going on with these scams and we're going to get into this a little bit maybe open up some details on some of these scams and why they're so successful and what they're doing and and how they prey upon people's trusting nature
1: and how to avoid them And that is a prepper topic. Some folks might say, well, that's not a prepper topic. Well, yes, it is. It's being prepared to keep your money.
0: Yes, you've got to be prepared to guard your private information, your identity, your account numbers, your financial standing. You know, that's just good uh, all-around advice. This needs to be learned at a young age. I was telling someone the other day that we were talking about this. I said, you know, if these weren't successful, they'd stop doing them.
1: But, you know, scams have been around for years.
0: I guess ever since people.
1: (laughs) Probably so. But scams and con games. Go back to the old pigeon drop. Mm -hmm, And this is where two people were working together. And supposedly they didn't know each other, but they select their pigeon. And that's who they intend to take and one of them finds an envelope or a a wallet, and it has a lot of money in it, and they discuss what to do with it, and they're going to the authorities, and they convince the pigeon to put up with them. Each one is going to put up money in good faith.
0: I guess because... They're trying to figure out if no one claims the money, can we split it? Exactly. And so th- the, the that third person, supposedly, that's not attached to anything but actually is working the con, says, well, if you put in, say, $100, and then you put $100, and no one claims the money, then you've both got skin in the game, so mm-hmm. to speak. And then you can split the money, and you get your money back plus whatever's in the wallet. Well... What what's actually going on here?
1: The two kind men make off with your money.
0: Yeah, there's no there's no splitting of the money.
1: So that one goes around for many 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 years. Now here was one I found interesting, and it's really it's called the melon drop, M E L O N watermelon. In Japan at one time watermelons were very expensive, and what they would do is they would do a bump and drop. They would cause someone to bump into them, and they would drop that watermelon, and they probably bought an old watermelon, so it was not expensive on their part. But then they would demand a jacked-up price for causing them to break their watermelon. Mm. The same thing would go on and possibly does today with like a cheap vase that's all broken up in a box and they cause someone to cause them to drop that vase, and they claim it was an expensive gift either from or for their mother or their dying grandmother. They may even produce a receipt for an expensive item. They open up the box, and it's broken to pieces, and they demand that you pay for that. So, They've got $5 in it, and they get you to pay 150 or $200 for it.
0: Mm-hmm. Another one's called the swoop and squat, and this is something that has still goes on to this day, and this is where you're out driving in your car, you're on the road, and an automobile maybe comes from behind and swoops in front of you, and then they slam on the brake, what, what they call a squat. They slam on the brake, causing you to hit them in the rear. And then you are automatically, you're very upset what's going on. It's not like a high-speed injury, but this person now gets out and they claim they have whiplash and they've got these injuries and that they're going to sue you and all this kind of stuff and scare you to death. And then they say, you know what, I'm just willing to forget all about it, you know, just... Just hand over some money. They're basically robbing you without the mask.
1: They can do that, or they can be after your insurance. They may even show up in court wearing a C collar, a cervical collar, to show injury in court.
0: Oh, hoping that they might actually be able to get a much larger settlement. Right. Some kind.
1: You know, they might get $100 from you on the scene, but if they go to court, they may get thousands of dollars, mm. or the insurance company may be willing to pay off to keep from going to court in hopes of not losing a lot more money.
0: Well, that's probably why a lot of insurance companies also employ private detectives and people Mm -hmm. on the down low that take uh, video footage of the supposed victim who supposedly can't walk or work or go anywhere. And they'll take film footage and find out that, yeah, they indeed are scamming. Uh, I do know that there's been many cases where insurance companies have been able to produce a counter video that counters the quote unquote injured parties claim, and then they're able to throw it out because they can prove them a fraud.
1: The guy that can't walk at all is hauling bricks in a wheelbarrow?
0: Mm -hmm. Or the the one that's in a wheelchair that says, I can't walk, and they're out running and jogging and playing or whatever. Exactly. So So there's ways, you know, there's honest companies that are trying to not be ripped off, but they have to go to great time and expense to be able to Prove that. So,
1: so we're going to talk you know. about some things that you can do with some of the modern day scams and how to avoid those. But first, we want to thank our sponsors for today's episode.
0: And we want you to know they're not scammers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just thought about that. You know, here's there a program about scams and thanking our sponsors. Our sponsors are awesome. They're tremendously great. We know them personally, and that's a very important thing. And we
1: do business and with them And we do personally. business
0: with them, and they are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, but
1: actually, uh, you have known one for many years, and I have known one for many years. Mm-hmm. And Mm-hmm. We can certainly vouch for these guys. Yes, they're both believers. They're both trustworthy. And if you have any problem with either one of them, you call us, you contact us, and we'll sick the six foot redhead on them.
0: Well, you're not going to have any problems.
1: I with know you're our not sponsors. I know you're no. not. It may take them a day or so to get <laughs> back to you on an email because they have families, they have lives as well. And stuff happens. You go on vacation, death in the family I know that happened with one recently and we just we were working on some website stuff and Eric had a death in the family and so we just said well we'll talk to you in a few days call us when all of this settles down and so you might encounter something like that but they're going to do what they tell you to and they're going to keep you informed and we're talking about Proline Designs and Eric Smith and his team and we're talking about Jim Curtis Knives, and we'll tell you a little bit more about them later in the broadcast and how you can get in touch with them, but we do thank them for our episode today. All right, let's get into scams and how to avoid them.
0: Well, you know, in the modern age, we've made it a little bit too easy for scammers to try to get into our lives.
1: Yeah, these computers and these smartphone devices that we carry. You know, sometimes I think we're a little dumb for carrying a smartphone.
0: We have our entire life is in that device.
1: Yeah, we give too many people access to that. Too much information is on there. Too many ways people can get into it. And it's always listening to what we say. It is. And it logs what we do. So be careful there. But those computers and devices have made it so much easier and it has broadened the market of the pigeons. It's broadened the market or the pool of possible
0: victims. Victims you know, crime victims. And yeah. and
1: it goes worldwide. We see that a lot in email. We see it in text messages. We see it in viruses. So we're going to talk about the email, the text messages, the viruses, as well as telephone calls that you might get that are actually scams.
0: We need to continuously warn our friends and our family and those about us that these scammers are quite good at using certain words and phrases that can seem very legit, they even can use logos in an email to mm-hmm. make you think that you're being contacted by a large company you do business with. We'll,
1: we'll talk about that yeah. as well.
0: So we've just got to be very, very careful and realize that these clever scamsters out there are – good at what they do. And they must be very successful at what they do because they keep doing it.
1: There's a lot of money made there. I should say I shouldn't say made. There's a lot of money stolen there.
0: Yeah, these are crimes. This is criminal activity. They
1: prey on older people. They prey on unsuspecting people. And so we need to warn those folks as well. What are some of the reasons that people fall for scams?
0: the nature of humans a lot of times we're looking for you know quick fast money how to get rich quick maybe we want to win that lottery maybe we want to be coming into a fast quick amount of cash for whatever the reason
1: so greed I,
0: well i suppose yeah for lack of a better word i i, th- I think greed or yes yeah, some sort of uh, and we mentioned that like
1: pigeon that. drop already and and the motivation was behind that Was the desire to split whatever amount of money was in there. So it's being greedy. There, no discussion of how to return it to the rightful owner, Mm -hmm. but if it doesn't get claimed, then we get to split it. So we've, we've mentioned that one already, but how about the, you've won a million dollar lottery or you've won a car or something like that but you have to send dollars for processing.
0: You know, that was a very popular, well, it must still be, but that was a very popular scam back in the 70s and 80s. Now, this is pre-internet, when people would call on the phone, and they'd just randomly call people, or, or what would seem to be a random call, and they would indicate that you've just won a $100,000 lottery. You know, you're, And these people are not even thinking okay, a lottery is something you have to have some kind of a winning ticket in your possession. But with they hear over the phone that your your name has been drawn in this lottery, and even if people questioned it, they said, well, have you ever bought a raffle ticket? Or, you know, your name got passed along, and you've won. You've won. They keep insisting. Or there was no
1: purchase necessary.
0: Right. Your, your name, you may have you may have inadvertently sent in your name and phone number for the, the the hope and possibility of winning something. And, You've forgotten about it, but your name was drawn today, and here you've won this car, you've won this lottery, you've won this dream vacation or whatever. And so they they hook you so quick, they really don't give you any more opportunity to really question it. They're they're eager to go ahead and say, now listen, this is going to be an all expenses paid, la, la, la. And they are really bombarding you with this, quote unquote, too good to be true. And you know what that means. It's If it's too good to be true, it generally isn't. But they've got you hooked, and you've caught on to their excitement.
1: I'll elaborate a little bit more about this later, but I worked a case one time where a lady was taken for almost $10,000 because she had been selected to receive $5 million. Oh. And she had to send money, and they kept calling back wanting more money for the processing Of this multi-million dollar winnings.
0: So she continued to send money. She,
1: I think about three times that she sent them cash. Whoa. And so I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. Now, I had another friend years ago that was selected to receive a free diamond. Hmm. To claim that diamond, you had to call this 900 number.
0: Oh, okay. So that's not like a toll-free number. That is not
1: a toll-free number. That's a toll number.
0: Yeah. A lot of folks don't understand how this works, but back then, long-distance numbers cost a lot more money, and they were billed separately from your regular phone bill.
1: Right, but a 900 number is exactly the opposite of an 800 number, at least in the United States. If you dial a 900 number this is the ones that the psychics used this is the one that the
0: adult entertainment.
1: Yes, I was trying to figure out how to put that. I and know, I when you call that number, uh-huh. it would charge you up to $10 per minute.
0: And their job was to keep, to keep you, you on, on the, the phone. phone. And some of these people would realize they've been on the phone two or three hours. And then they would get this bill, you know, for $1,000 at $10 a minute. And they can prove you were on the phone 100 minutes. Because they kept you on the phone.
1: Yes, and they kept it recorded just in case. Mm -hmm. All right, the Nigerian scam. And this is where you get an email that a family member of theirs, who was a general in their army, Mm. had secreted away a large amount of money, and now that person has passed away. And that family needs help to get it into this country. They want to get that money legit, and they offer you. And we're talking, you know, ten million dollars, uh-huh. and they offer you ten percent just for helping them to get that money into the country. And all they need is your checking account info and your personal info. Right. And right. so they're telling you they're going to deposit ten million dollars into your account, and you can keep one million of that. Folks see that, they get greedy, and they fall for it if they're not careful. Now, think about this. 99.99% of people do not fall for it. Right. But when they're sending out a half a million emails a day.
0: If it's, you know, if just 10% of half a million respond.
1: If 0.1% responds, they've made a pretty good payday for the day. That's right. Now, here's one that went around in the professional photography industry 15, 20 years ago, and it was the overpayment scam. You offer services, and this would happen, it started happening to florists and caterers and such as well. You'd get an email that said that we're going to get married in a particular location and they picked a really nice destination wedding.
0: Oh, okay, something at the beach or something, Hawaii. Or exactly.
1: Something. And and it would be some place that you really would have enjoyed an all expense paid trip.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so they would tell you that they were on a pre honeymoon trip in, you know, Europe or whatever and they wanted to engage your service. They never talked with you about how much, but they would accept your services, and they would send you a cashier's check with additional money over and above your fee, and they wanted that wired to someone else, and their idea or what they were trying to tell you was that we're saving money on the certified check and we're going to send you the payment for the florist as well. And so you deposit the check, and then you wire this amount of money to someone else. And it was not a florist that you were wiring it to.
0: Yeah, but you didn't know that. You know, it's like you you think that you're going along with their mm-hmm. suggestion. What you're basically doing is opening up your bank information to an account they've set up.
1: Well, they don't have to get your account information. If you deposit that into your account and immediately draw out, say, a couple of thousand dollars and wire that to someone else, that money's gone. And then about three or four days later, your bank calls you and tells you that that certified check was bogus.
0: Right. Now you're on the hook for whatever money
1: whatever you, drew, whatever out you and wired drew out now you've is got on you. you've
0: got to cough it up right because they see that. I mean the bank may even have recognized this this may or may not be a scam, but the the law would say, but on all accounts the appearance is that you're doing legit business and that you're you're making this business transaction out of freely with your own will, out of your account. So they've just got to follow through.
1: Well, at that point, the transaction doesn't enter into it. You drew out cash.
0: Exactly. Yeah. They really put you on the bubble here. You know, they they do. Mark is a bit of a knife nut. He loves a good knife, and that's the very reason that I purchased for him a handcrafted Jim Curtis knife, because a custom knife seems to have its own personality. It's unlike any of those generic knives you get at a big box store. Mark has a Jim Curtis knife that just screams, look at me, handle me, use me. It is made of Alabama Damascus steel, which holds a razor-sharp edge, and it is adorned with a beautiful red, white, and blue micarta handle. I had it built for him special for a Christmas gift last year, and he proudly carries it as an off-duty EDC knife. You can have your Jim Curtis knife built to your design specifications, or you can select one that he's already designed and built, ready to be purchased. Whichever you choose, it will come with a lifetime guarantee, lifetime sharpening, and two band-aids. Yes, it's just that sharp. Check out Jim Curtis Knives on Facebook at facebook.com slash jimcurtisknives or drop him an email at j.curtis7mm at yahoo.com. Both of these links are in our show notes and we'll also put them on the Practical Prepping website. Back in the day, if you had a business, you put an ad in the phone book and maybe the newspaper. When a prospective customer wanted what you did or sold, they would look you up in the yellow pages and give you a call on the landline. Well, that's not so anymore. In fact, if customers are under the age of 30, they may not even know what a phone book is. Today, everyone goes to the internet looking for information before they buy. Even those of us who grew up with the phone book are going to the internet before making buying decisions. In the 1990s and early 2000s, it was enough to have a website that told people your name, what you did, where you were, and your phone number. They looked you up and gave you a call. Websites were relatively easy to build and they were all pretty basic, but they were websites and we had a presence. Not so today. Prospective customers want to go to your website, find your product or service, read about it, compare it to others, then order it and pay for it online. If your business doesn't have a high quality, very professional website, I can guarantee that your business is losing sales that you could otherwise be making. You need a professional website designer and builder, and you need good, reliable hosting. ProLine Designs built the website for our latest book, Practical Prepping for Everyday People. It's a beautiful site, and it has sold a lot of books. ProLine Designs is now building our rebranded practical prepping website, which will include a blog, forum, articles, books, and items to purchase, as well as our podcasts. ProLine Designs also hosts our websites at lower cost than any other comparable company we found. That's value. And their reliability? Well, we have never experienced a website outage. That's reliability. Proline designs.
1: Now another reason is that people can just be gullible. Yes. Because we're trusting.
0: Yeah, people people have there's certain folks that feel like they've got a good, helpful nature. And if they're presented with a pretty interesting, legit sounding hardship tale or or you know, a help me out kind of thing. The the gullible, trusting, helpful people are like you know I can I, I can help that person. I, I it's nothing. It's no big deal. It's just money. You know, it's like, and they take advantage of your kindness
1: of your compassion. There, yes, but also the pop up scams, and this is kind of what you were talking about a while ago. You get a pop up, and it looks like it is from a legitimate company. It would have company logos on it. Mm-hmm. It might have a phone number to call. I know you got a computer virus one time that popped up, and it actually put a virus on your computer, and there was a phone number on there that you called, and they said they were Microsoft.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: And they wanted $200 to fix your computer. And actually, our scanning software our protection for our computers, WebRoot, we were able to fix that problem in about 10 minutes and delete what they had put on there because it was almost a ransomware that they had put on there. Right. But they and offered it, to fix it for it, 200 bucks.
0: But you bring up an important point, too. It slipped past our security system. Mm-hmm. They've got very intelligent programs that can even fly right through what you've got set up. So that's why you still have to be on guard about that kind of thing.
1: Right. Okay. Another reason is that lonely people can crave companionship. There's one that goes around dating scam. Mm -hmm. And this dating scam starts online and it progresses to the telephone And then there's some sob story about needing money for legal fees to get a large inheritance. So they're asking you to help them pay the legal fees. And after this is settled, then they're going to have lots and lots of money that they'll share with you. Maybe they need cash to pay taxes or bury a family member. And the unsuspecting who have been on this telephone relationship with someone for weeks and weeks even sometimes and they send money fearing the loss of that companionship
0: oh yes and they actually use people's you know lonely heart and and they they fake a relationship with this unsuspecting person and really string them along like and and these these people that realize at some point they've been scammed they still are very defensive they're like no he or she whoever it is no 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 they they're just they would never do that to me they're too nice They're too well you know they know exactly what to say and they know exactly what to do and they're scamming you the whole entire time you know, if they're not willing to meet with you in person just yet, but they want to get right to the situation of money, that ought to be a flag. If and a lot of people might be listening to me and I go, hmm, this is sounding vaguely familiar. <laughs>
1: They're too far away to conveniently meet with you face to face.
0: And they're probably doing this scam with dozens of people.
1: Exactly. You know, this you know, is their job. They, they only need to take a few a week to be able to make a pretty good living out of
0: it. Yeah, and it's really, uh, it tears people up.
1: Let's talk about some computer fraud and scams.
0: Yeah, one of the most successful ones is a pop-up that appears on your computer that says, we will perform a free virus scan on your computer right now it cost you nothing just click on this little link right here and we will check for viruses
1: and what winds up is they put the virus on your computer.
0: Right. That's why you need to get your safety and security systems on your computer well in advance. Good good preparedness there is that when you buy that new computer or purchase a refurbished one and you're setting it up, security and firewalls ought to be one of the very first things you do so that you, you can perform your own virus scans. Mm-hmm. You don't need a, a random stranger pop-up to just show up on your screen and say, hey, click here.
1: In fact, ours are set up to scan daily.
0: Just on automatic like an autopilot.
1: And they do it at an off time. And even if it's during a busy time, if we haven't scanned our com- if our computer was off, ours are set up to do in the middle of the night. And if our computer happened to be off, when it does come up, it only takes it about ten or fifteen seconds to scan, does it in the background and no longer slows our computers down like they did our old computers that we finally had to replace. You're not going to get the problem immediately most of the time, but days later, there's going to be a lockup, and there's going to be a screen with a number to call, and that's going to have some computer company's logo on it. And it's going to look legit. It really is. And if you call that number, they'll offer to fix your computer for a certain amount of money, or it will totally lock it down, and then they will contact you, and they'll demand large sums of money to be able to unlock your computer. And really, this hits a lot of large companies and large organizations. Our county computer system got hit with a ransomware one time, and our guys just wound up building a whole new system.
0: Yeah, they were smart. They did not pay the ransom. They
1: did not pay the—because this was in the millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. They've hit hospitals, and what was it a while back? Colonial Pipeline was hit, and Mm -hmm. they wanted like $25 million.
0: Yeah, they're, they're and their system, very successful scams.
1: Their system is so large that it was actually cheaper for them to do that than to try to build a new system as our county did, mm-hmm. which is a much smaller system. So be careful with the ransomware. You do want a virus protection on your computer, and a lot of times that will catch it when it's coming in. Talk about phishing.
0: Fishing, and that's spelled P H I S H I N G. Fishing. This is where these random strangers, these random scammers, are reaching out to you, and they're finding all different kinds of ways for you to give them your personal information: your name, uh, any names you've ever gone by, like other married names. Where have you lived? Other cities you've lived in? Schools you've attended? Before you know it, you're just pouring out all kinds of personal information. How many kids do you have? Did you go to college? la. la, la, well, la when
1: you give out that yeah. kind of personal information about pets' names, about where you graduated school, where you went to elementary school. I see
0: that on Facebook.
1: Yes. They're but, playing
0: these games like, oh, you know, but, how many of you were from such and such city? And they're, but
1: how like, oh. many of us use a pet or a child's name for a computer password? How many of us use those kinds of things as the security questions on our legitimate banking?
0: Right?
1: Favorite teacher, things like that. Mhm. And so these fishing expeditions, and again, these (laughs) folks are sending out a million emails a day.
0: Yeah, they're going to hit on some success rates.
1: And there's a promise of free gifts or gift cards or coupons, or they're offering low interest rates or no interest credit cards, or to help you pay off your student loan. I think it's kind of interesting that I get calls from time to time guaranteeing that they can help me pay off my student debt when... I'm 64 years old, and it's been a long time since I've been in college. And number two, I never had any student debt because I did not get student loans. I went on a slower process and paid as I went.
0: Mm, Me too.
1: (laughs) We got one not too awfully long ago on a fake package delivery notification.
0: Yeah, that was one of the first ones I saw when I started carrying a smartphone is that this random text showed up, and it was supposedly from Amazon or FedEx or something like that, indicating that I needed to call them to verify certain package delivery details. Well, the interesting thing was, yes, I had been doing some business with a variety of companies where I was expecting some package delivery, but I'm I'm already aware of these scams. For one thing, this was an unsolicited reach out to me. I did not call them; they texted me, and they provided in the text a computer link, a web link. Click here, and I thought I immediately knew. Nope, don't ever yep. click some stranger and if it's a text message. An we're email, going.
1: We're going to talk about recognizing those in a few minutes mm-hmm. as well. But
0: I actually called FedEx directly. Right. And, and, and they knew nothing of that. So we don't send out,
1: right. if,
0: if you've got a package delivery, you've got a tracking number. You don't need and, this random company. And
1: that, we're going to go into detail about that in just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But FedEx and UPS both know where we live. Right. These right. guys, Krista keeps these guys coming up on our carport <laughs> quite regularly. Let's talk about the phone call thing. Now, one of the, one of my favorites is that I've gotten several calls that my Amazon account had been put on hold until I verify certain information, and that's on my county telephone that has never been associated with anything with me. They want me to call that number, and they want me to give them particular information. It's a scam, obviously, if it's coming to my county phone, because that's that's used for nothing but county. All right. You mentioned one earlier before the show. Talk about that one.
0: And I see this on my, my voicemail. I have a voicemail to text feature on my phone, which means I can open up my voicemail app and I can actually read any voicemails that have been left for me from anybody, from any caller that will leave one. And very often I'll see that there will be one that someone says, we are the IRS, and it even follows it with this saying, for real, we are the IRS. As if I was already doubting, you know, for real, we are the IRS and we are trying to contact you before we take legal action against you. And they're using all this threatening, you need to make this call now, you need not wait any longer because a large amount of money of penalty will fall upon you and and we are for real the irs and then it says and have a nice day (laughs) you know what i'm reading and i'm like see i delete it i just automatically delete it i'm not returning their call because number one the irs does not make phone calls to you the best you could ever do with with the legit irs is to call them and wait forever that's kind of how that goes but no, the, if someone calls you and they say, we're the IRS or we're th- such and such law enforcement agency or we're, we're this, you know, and, and they've got this information that they're trying to scare you that there's some legal action that's going to be taken against you, a warrant's going to be taken against you or you're going to find yourself in court and all this threatening language. And there are people out there who will believe it.
1: Yeah, those phone calls come in that are threatening and they'll advise that you have a warrant on you. They will even tell you that they are the local law enforcement agency and they'll offer to handle it over the telephone. And all you need to do is go to the big box store and buy a money card and call them back and give them the numbers that are on that card. All they need are those numbers to be able to collect the money off of those cards. Exactly. And they threaten to have the sheriff come and arrest you within the hour.
0: Yeah, and there there are some people that are actually falling for this, and they're getting they're scared to death. They're they're calling these little elderly ladies, or these little gentlemen, or some of these people that just they've never been called this you know before, and they don't know what they're doing, and they
1: or they call and say there's a warrant for your grandson for
0: yeah, lack yeah. of
1: payment of a fine, and we can handle that over the telephone. Well, let me tell you a secret. Law enforcement does not call you asking you to pay a fine. If there is a warrant, we'll come get you, and we will provide the transportation and the accommodations.
0: I mean, if it's a legit warrant, that's, that's the law. I mean, that's... Well, if you know,
1: it's a warrant, right. we'll come get you.
0: Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, they're not going to call up and ask for you to settle this over the phone with nope. money. Or with an Apple iTunes card or a money card or whatever they're asking you to do.
1: Here's another one that you, your dad was called and advised that they noticed that there was a problem with his computer and they offered to fix it.
0: Yeah, my dad, he was probably in his 80s at that time, gets the phone call. Now, my dad's got the landline, so of course, you, you know, there's no way he knows who's on the phone. He's picking up that phone. He answers the phone and the voice on the other end says, we have detected a problem. Problem with your computer and launched into this long spiel about your computer is at threat, you know, and you're going to lose all of your information. And my dad's holding the phone, holding the phone, holding the phone. And this person gets all the way down to the end of their spiel and say, now for $250, you know, we can fix all of this. My dad said, well, I've been trying to tell you, I don't have a computer. I do not own a computer. There is no computer in this house. And the the voice on the other end of the phone argued with my father, which was a mistake, said, oh, no, sir, you have a computer. And my dad said, "Uh, no, sir, I do not. And, of course, hung up the phone. But that's just how funny it was. I mean, dad laughed about it because he realized, I said, well, that's a scam. There is no computer for Mm -hmm. him to be looking at.
1: But some folks that do get a call like that do have a computer, and they will give them access to the computer to fix it remotely.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: you do that now with our IT department. They can actually take over our computer and do certain things. But when these scam artists get that, they go in and they steal your information.
0: You know, anything you have on a file or a document or something like that. Mm
1: Now, another one is they'll call you and tell you that there's a family member in jail or in need, and they want you to wire money to them, or they want you to send them a money card number. So we're going to have to be careful with our phone calls as well as our emails. And let's look at email real quick.
0: A legitimate company is not going to contact you Out of the blue, and tell you that there's a problem with your computer. Your bank is not going to call you up requesting information. Why? Because when you open an account with a bank, you already provided that information. They don't need to ask you for it again. They don't. But you need to know that ahead of time. You've just got to protect yourself, and it's okay to hang up your phone, and it's okay to not engage these people in conversation, because if they're scamming, you've just got to stop the communication.
1: The, right. And government agencies will not contact you by email. The email that comes in from the IRS, that is not from the Internal Revenue Service.
0: They always contact you by U.S. mail. Yes. A of An envelope with a document inside, and their official... That is how the IRS contacts you.
1: And the same thing with Social Security.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Social Security will not contact you by email to tell you there's a problem, neither will the Driver's License Bureau. There was one that we received on work computer not long ago that said that your driver's license information had to be updated and click this link and go here to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a scam.
0: That is a scam, and I'm telling you, people. Some people just click before they think because they actually believe that the logo is real. It looked real. It looked, you know, they had they bought into it and they clicked on an unsolicited Mm -hmm. link there, and they got in trouble.
1: Now, real security warnings will never ask you to call a number. They just don't do that. No. I got one today. I was going to open a file, and I got a security warning that it might be a damaging file, and I just deleted it. Mm -hmm. But that came from inside my computer, and there's never anything in there that asks you to call a number. Ways that you can avoid this is to check the internet address in the address bar. I was telling you about the one that we got last week. Supposedly, it was coming from the Driver's License Bureau, but it had a .com address.
0: Instead of a .gov. Right. Mm.
1: Now, if you get something from Microsoft, for example... It will have Microsoft in it, but it will be like microsoft.something.gmail.com or some other mail agency. But if it's a legitimate email, you should be able to recognize that. But some of these look legit. And like you said a while ago, they include logos. It looks like it's from a bank. Some of them say we noticed suspicious activity or log in. Some claim there's a problem with your account or your payment information, or that you must confirm personal information, or as I mentioned earlier with my county phone, that my account was on hold, and they want you to click a link to make a payment.
0: If you find value in our podcast, would you consider supporting us by buying us a cup of coffee? You can do that by going to www.buymeacoffee.com slash practical prep. Your support helps us keep the podcast up and running as well as growing. We have a few things in the planning stages and your support will really help make those things happen. And we thank you so kindly.
1: There's a lot of folks that scam by sending out email invoices and they want you to click a link to make a payment. And a lot of times people do that because they don't remember that they ordered or not from some particular company.
0: If you're ordering online, you go straight to that business that place of commerce like if Amazon is not going to send me a random text in the middle of the night regarding my order when I can easily go to my Amazon app and I can open my order status and I can read for myself what's going on and I don't know who these strangers are that are sending me a text message And yes, I mean, because we have cell phones, we're going to have these unwanted messages coming through. It's just a sad reality. It's just done on computer dialing and eventually your number comes up, so to speak. But whenever you see these unwanted texts or these, uh, you know, messages that are coming through, do not, do not, do not, do not, and may I repeat again, do not click on any link or dial any number they provide, because they want to make it easy for you to get scammed.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, another thing when you open up some of these emails, it'll be a very generic greeting.
0: Hello, friend.
1: Exactly. And the syntax of the language that it's written in will often not be correct. Like you mentioned a while ago, this is the IRS we're really the IRS.
0: They actually use the phrase, we are f- we are for real the IRS. I'm like, am I talking to a 14-year-old right now? Because I, for real, know this is a scam. Exactly. And don't I don't engage them. I, I'm not calling them back. I'm not engaging these people. I am deleting their message. And
1: if you go back to the Nigerian scam, you just read that email, and they do not know how to write a proper sentence.
0: Well, you've got to ask yourself, why would a Nigerian millionaire be contacting me? Why wouldn't he be talking to his own government? They're
1: wanting (laughs) you to give them your account number.
0: Well, some people think they're being an international ambassador by helping these people out. It is a scam. It's not coming from Nigeria. And even if it was, Be warned, because there's a lot of scammers in every country, not just Africa, but Europe, Asia, every country and nation you can think of. There's scammers, and they're after you. And you've really got to educate yourself on who these people are and why you should not engage them.
1: We mentioned a while ago, use a proven security software. Set it up to update automatically. These companies investigate new viruses, and they update their software to cover that. So you need the latest updates from your virus company, your virus scanning software, to be able to handle any new viruses that are coming up.
0: And when you're doing business, don't engage in any business over the phone unless you have initiated the call. If you are calling your bank... They'll even put you through a bit of an identity process in order for you to verify to them who you are and, that's important to do.
1: But don't do business on the phone unless you initiate the phone call.
0: Exactly. If you're doing the phone calling, then hopefully you have contacted the correct business and the correct security and, uh, procedures.
1: I developed that policy many, many years ago when I would get unsolicited calls for services, and they were coming from service centers. Mm-hmm. And and you still do today. If I wanted to do business, I would call them. Now, if you think that an email may legitimately be from your bank. Now, let's just you know, I've got relationships and in the years past had relationships with my folks at the bank, but I knew them. But if you think it is legitimately from your bank, do not respond to that email. Don't click on it. Don't call the phone number that's listed on it. Do away with that email and either Look up the number yourself and call your bank or visit your bank, but do not use the phone number listed on the email. Look it up. Discuss it with them. They'll know what the situation is, like you were talking about a while ago with getting the one from FedEx about a delivery confirmation. So you looked up FedEx's phone number and you called FedEx and they didn't know anything about it. But, so. you
0: know, they were very happy that I had called them because they said, we appreciate the fact that you know that this is not us, mm-hmm. but we rep- we do appreciate the fact that you're reporting that someone is running a scam in our name. And I, I took a screenshot and I said, they're using your logo. And they said, we need that information and thank you for sharing that information with us because then they go to the attorney general of the state and they can launch for they real can't. investigations exactly and they actually have some teeth to it you know do your due diligence to protect yourself just like mark said contact the actual firm the business the organization and let them know so i just received an email from such and such and such and they either they either they sent it and we're
1: going to provide some information about how to report scams and things that you can do there but continuing on with this do not send cash Do not send cash through the mail system. Don't be wiring people money.
0: Yes, don't be, don't be giving them your debit numbers, your credit card numbers, or your routing numbers off your check. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. You know, if, if you're setting up an account, like with a utility company, that's legit.
1: Right, but you made uh, but the phone call. You made
0: the phone call to the actual – I've done this with the utility company. I, you know, make my payment online with the electric company, and I have provided the information because I called them. And we, ha- and we have a security process that I have to go through online every time I log right, in. Right,
1: but never in the history of ever has the utility company called us and said, would you like to set up a new account?
0: Yeah, that no. no we call them. Exactly.
1: I don't have any problem with giving my debit card number to folks that I have called to do business with. Mm-hmm. But don't give out that to anybody calling you. Do not send them cash. Do not go to the store and buy a money card.
0: No, the Apple iTunes or a gift card or a Visa Green gift Green
1: money. Card. Yeah. Different, different money cards. And they like to use those because all they need are the numbers that are on that card for them to be able to collect that.
0: Mm -hmm. And it's your money that paid for that card.
1: Right. Finally, another thing that you can do to protect yourself is back up your data. From time to time, I sit down and I back up my computer and I back up your computer Probably ought to set that to do it on a regular basis, on automatically.
0: It looks like our cat's trying to do that right now. Yeah,
1: he's adjusting the board over here. We have
0: um, a cat that's literally walking across Mark's computer as we speak. So his screen may go dark any minute, thanks to yeah, the cat. They, they
1: do like to talk. Okay. <laughs> now, if you have given out your personal information, if you have fallen for one of these and you have given that info <sighs> had to get a cat out of the way. Sorry about that. <laughs> if you have given out your personal information, go to a website and we will put these in the show notes and we will put them on our website. You can go to our website and I will put it up tomorrow. Probably by the time you hear this, it will be up. And it is identitytheft.com. It will give you specific steps that you can take to protect yourself. Additionally, contact your bank or your credit card company if you have given that information out. Change any passwords that you may have given out. People don't need to ask for your passwords.
0: No, but you'd be amazed how many people will tell somebody a PIN number, a password, or the answer to a security question. And just, and later on they report, I just wasn't thinking. I just, I don't know why. I just wasn't. I trusted them. I, I believed their story. I, mm-hmm. You know, like I was taken in. It, it happens. I've, I've had family members that have been conned. I, I know the pain they went through and the embarrassment and the humiliation. Right. But you, you've got to just forgive yourself and go on and learn your lesson.
1: If you've given them remote access to your computer, update your security software immediately and scan your computer immediately. If it's me, I scan it twice, and I delete anything that's identified as suspicious. Even if it looks suspicious to me, I will delete it. Now, reporting phishing. And again, we're going to put some websites up on the show notes and on the website. But if you get a phishing email, you can forward that to the anti phishing working group, which is reportphishing at apwg.org. That's kind of hard to remember. If you're driving, do not try to write that down. Just go to the show notes or to our website and it will be there. If that phishing comes in by text, Then you can forward that text to 7726 and that spells spam. You can send that text to them and they work on the the anti phishing working group works on trying to identify those same things. And you can also report it to the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, and that is www.reportfraud.com ftc.gov. And we will add those in there as well.
0: Let me also add that on your phone, I have discovered that you can download an app, and there are several. I like to use one called Hiya, H-I-Y-A. This is a phone app that will help to flag spam and scam calls. If you get a new one in that's not already flagged in their database, you can forward that phone number into the HIA app and they can take your report on it if it was a scam or a spam or whatever. And they'll put that into their database and you can even block any numbers that are from scammers. And if that number comes up again, it'll either indicate it as a blocked number or a suspected spam or suspected scam. So there are some scam killing apps that you can load onto your phone. And I have found that to be very, very helpful.
1: And about two thirds of my phone calls that come in on my personal phone, it comes up and says potential spam
0: Mm -hmm. or blocked due to, you know, I mean,
1: mine comes up about two thirds of my phone calls Mm -hmm. come up and say potential spam.
0: So so they just go away. We just want to share that information also with you because that has protected us. And if you're not aware of that, you know, go to your app store, your Apple or your uh, Google Play store and search out some phone scam killing apps. And uh, I like Haya used it. They have a it's a free service. They have upgraded paid services that are a little bit more in depth, but I find their free service to be just fine for my purposes.
1: Okay. Take us out with our Scripture of the Week.
0: Okay, our Scripture of the Week comes from Proverbs chapter 27, verse 12. And it says, A prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Stuff happens, people. Stay prepared.
1: And we'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you haven't done this already, go ahead and click the subscribe button so you'll never miss one of our episodes. And share it with your friends and family. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And as always, remember, stuff happens, stay prepared.